Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the Keep Streaming Buddy podcast, interviews and explorations into pop culture with me, your host, Carl Coleman. On today's episode, I'm beyond psyched to be speaking with Jason Lytle, the influential frontman and producer behind Californian indie legends, Granddaddy. Known for their mashup of atmospheric electronics with Jason's warped Americana songwriting, Granddaddy quickly garnered a global cult following and were one of the most influential indie bands to emerge from the late 90s. Now, me and Jason first crossed paths when Casper um, and I discovered that he was a fan of our band, Palace Winter. He had put a song of ours on, on a playlist that he curated with, uh, with Danger Mouse, another producer, another great producer who we really admire as well. Um, so we were stoked to find that out. And then last year we were really honored to have Jason feature on our most recent album. Um, he sang on, on a single of ours called The Deeper End, which is probably my favorite song on the album, actually. But anyway, we'd, um, you know, we'd never actually spoken. So we'd, we'd email back and forth and stuff but and jammed on Instagram and shit, but we never actually spoken. And then I asked him to come on the pod and, he was keen so leading up to it i was actually a little bit nervous and just super excited you know and um it's uh evening time in copenhagen for the chat for me but morning for him so i'd had a couple beers to loosen up and stuff and he's just chilling having a coffee um but anyway so so nowadays jason performs mostly as a solo act under his own name and he tells us all about his passion for cycling and mountain biking his recent fascination with obscure Australian movies, which is pretty sick, and things like how he survived living through corona times. So without further ado, here's my wonderful chat with Jason Lytle. I mean, I use it just because I'm cheap and kind of broke, so, <laughs> but it does the trick. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, let's get into it, man. Thanks for thanks for joining me on this podcast of mine called Keep Streaming Buddy. This is actually the first time we've ever spoken, despite the fact that you sang on our record last year. <laughs> uh, so it's it's lovely to finally meet you and 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 have you on. Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, you're you're in a you're in beer mode, and I'm in coffee mode. Yeah, that's um, it. It's 10 a.m. or something where you are, right? Yeah. <clears throat> hey, how you doing? How you doing? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I just got done with the bike ride, and um, hold on, I'm I'm, get, I'm getting used to what my voice sounds like. With, <laughs> no worries. With earbuds in, it's a. Uh, I sound stupider than I normally sound. <laughs> uh, You're coming um, through nice and clear for me, man. So it's all good. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. Forget about me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where are you? Are you are you in LA or? Yeah, I'm in, I'm, I'm in LA, but I like to make the distinction that I'm just, I'm not in the shit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just close enough, but yeah. not, not in the shit. I actually found there's some decent mountains around here and I'm kind of right at the base of the mountains. A lot of times when people roll into LA, they're surprised by uh, the surrounding mountain ranges that exist. And um mm. For me, that was a big, that was a big uh, selling point of having that at, uh, at my disposal, and just not coming down here, surrounded by a bunch of aspiring 
dreamers <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll cool. definitely yeah yeah we'll definitely get into that uh the yeah. mountains um but did you did you recently move there to la yeah and it was about a year ago it was almost right when the whole pandemic thing started mm. so i couldn't have i couldn't have picked a stranger time to yeah. move to la it's 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 been no accurate representation of what the place uh, has to offer. <laughs> I mean, I've, I I've been imagine. coming down here for you know, 20, 25 years. As a matter yeah. of fact, I lived in this town that I live in right now 30 years ago when I was kind of at the peak of my skateboarding. I came oh, down here okay. for skateboarding. And, uh, but um, I am, I'm here now and it's been super strange because as soon as I kind of got all my stuff moved in and just started feeling kind of settled like the whole pandemic thing kicked in and yeah. it's just been it's been really weird obviously totally hermiting it up but where did you move from was it portland or no i was no. in northern california like northern closer california. to okay. closer to san francisco like five hours five hour drive from here yep. did you grow up there or where'd you grow up i grew up um i don't know your how well you know the geography of california but i'm kind of um i'm about a, a couple hours inland from san francisco sure yeah and they call it they call it the central valley there's like there's southern california which is like san francisco and um you know that top part of the state and then there's um northern california which is you know la san diego mm. and then uh there's like this middle elbow or armpit a uh, bit that's like agriculture and kind of like really not a lot of reason to visit there or, or go there or whatever total kind of uh just drive through to get somewhere else kind of place yeah um but that's it's uh specifically it was called modesto is um, modesto oh, that's right yeah cool yeah because uh -huh. i mean we yeah well like you say it's so uh diverse that state that you're from we were out there, my wife and I, for uh, our honeymoon, actually, like around Palm Springs. We went all around the States, but we ended up uh, in LA at one point. And we ended up at that Salton Sea, which was just such a trip to me. Like, I was like, I didn't know this shit kind of existed out here in California, <laughs> you know. So you've got so many diverse, weird landscapes, and it's just, it's so, you can just drive, you know, an hour and it changes again, you know it's by far the most diverse state. And I, I love that about mm -hmm. it. I love, uh, I love the fact that, um, yeah, I mean, you could, that's probably why I'm like, I'm such a huge fan of road trips. You know, I love driving and I love, you know, knowing that I can be in this sort of climate and like within a few hours, I can be in that sort of climate. Mm -hmm. You know, you could literally be one of my favorite parts of California you can literally be and they actually have a race uh it's called the sea to summit um or or sage to summit i yeah. either way it's like you it goes from the like the lowest point of death valley which is actually like sub uh, sea level yeah. to the highest point on the continent which is mount whitney it's like 14000 feet or something like that it's like yeah, racing yeah. from that point to that point but it's yeah. i mean even just traveling that or seeing that is like super cool. This like super dramatic, you know, mountain range, something, 
you know, comparable to, you know, the uh, like a baby version of the Himalayas sure. or the Alps, closer to the Alps, you know. And then like within a within a few hours, you're you're in the desert and just like cooking your brain and like dying and having like vultures. <laughs> you know, swarming around. Yeah. It's inspiring stuff actually <laughs> out there. So I can, I can, I can understand why you dig all that. Yeah, um, yeah. But let's talk, let's just talk a little bit quickly about what you're up to at the moment. You have an online gig coming up, right? Titled yeah. in a trance and wandering around. Yeah. Jason Lytle performs a solo set, mixing granddaddy favorites, unreleased new ones while revealing the stories behind the songs. And this is happening April 9th and 10th for three showings time to work for all time zones so that I, I i think i got that plug right for you bro <laughs> i've i've i'm gonna have a tough time uh doing any better than that if i remember <laughs> if i ever have to say that as well i had a little help <laughs> with, with my little script here but um, okay good but like i know i know we don't have like a choice in these times you know but do you dig the whole virtual gig thing versus actual in real life touring no, um, well, <laughs> actually, and that's why we're doing it the way, that's why I decided to do it the way that it's being done. Cause uh, I, I went through a tiny little phase of, uh, you know, around the time everybody was kind of scrambling going, oh, what am I doing? You know, all your, everyone's plans were dashed and, and uh, all of a sudden everyone's, you know, Instagram live, you know, mm. doing all these little things. And it was kind of, it was almost like a trendy thing to do for a bit. I kind of got swept up in it. Yeah, I got sucked um, in too. <laughs> but I was also, I was kind of at the peak of my, like it was like the, like summer had really kicked off and it was hotter and shit. And I was just like, like cabin fever had like totally taken hold. I was drinking a little bit more than normal. And somehow I got hold of like a bunch of mushrooms too. So... <laughs> I had like this weird, like two week marathon here. I was just like, God, I don't know what was going on, but I, that was, I was doing most of that sort of thing during that period. Sure. <laughs> in a, in a trance and wandering around. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily I got it out of my system. And then I, and then once it, once it turned into, you know, this whole pandemic thing is sticking around, um, you started to see, you know, all these websites, you know, all these platforms were, we're really getting their shit together and mm. people had these abilities. But then I started noticing it was just like, I don't know. I, I, the likelihood of it being like just people setting up a camera in their rehearsal space and just like playing some stuff, you know, fixed position. I, I, I like right off the bat, I was, I was, I was like, I don't, I don't really want to, I, <laughs> I was trying to come up with my own thing basically. Yeah, so, yeah. so myself and, um, and this video director who did one of the granddaddy videos, he's a super creative, he's an awesome musician too. I've, I've recorded an EP for him and he writes, he writes great songs, but he's, he's really a really creative dude. He lives here in LA and we kind of sat down and, and threw around a few ideas. And uh, so the idea was to actually to so it so it is pre-recorded yeah it's not uh, going to be I a see, live I stream see. it's not live okay but it's but in keeping with that spirit like i was pretty adamant about it it's a very loose feel i've you know i rehearsed it a whole bunch i wanted it i wanted it to kind of to be 
you know, spontaneous mm. and just be, I wanted to feel the pressure, yeah. the same pressure that you feel when you're playing live, sure. you know, let's get this right. You know, and there's plenty of times when I'm looking down, I can see my fingers shaking. Like I'm learning, <laughs> like, that's good. I only kind of knew some of the material, but it was also, it was causing me to improvise a bit, which is, and when it was all said and done, it, it, it actually ended up really resembling, um, there's only two other people involved. There's my, my good friend who was engineering, uh, Aaron Espinoza, he was in this band called Early Mart, who I do Admiral Radley with. Mm. He was engineering, and uh, and then there was the video guy. Was he had a couple of cameras, and then uh, and that was it. The sound is really good. We did a, we did a nice we we put a lot of care into mixing it and getting it sounding yeah. decent. But we ended up uh, the total bonus to the thing is we shot all this footage out and about, you know, throughout town and I'm telling stories. So rather than me sitting there like this, just like blah, 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 blah <laughs> with my face, it's just like, it's, um, it's just, it's voiceover, you know, I'm telling sure. stories, but, but, but then I'm kind of out and about yeah, you know, yeah. in town in the time of the pandemic, just sort of, uh, aimlessly wandering around sort of confused, but like telling stories, backstories behind like certain songs and stuff. So, um, it ended up being like, uh, like an hour and 10 minutes and it, and it kind of rolls by. It's not you know, any other situation. Cause I had to kind of watch the thing and okay it. And, and we kind of dialed it in and, and I was just like, for me, having to watch myself play music is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Um, but it actually wasn't that terrible just because it's, <laughs> it sounds so good. And I, I know how spontaneous it was. So it was, yeah. I think it turned out pretty cool. That's so sick, man. It sounds really cool. And the trailer, it's, even the little snippet, it's so um, dreamy. With just like you're almost in like a space suit or like just a, a onesie or whatever. And you're just sort of <laughs> tripping out on this hill. It's cool. Well, so, it's funny because we're shooting a lot of that stuff out and around town. And like, yeah. I was amazed at how many people didn't even bat an eye because they're just like, oh. yeah, yeah, LA. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and everybody is just so like, you know, everyone is like in total hazmat mode mm, with just like mm. face masks and and uh, shields and it's and gloves wild, and you, know, you name it. Do you feel like you've you've handled Corona times okay generally, or or like has it has it got to you in deep and dark ways? Or it, it I was on the I was on the edge there for a little bit, mm. and I I was in denial of it. I was just like, and I, I think I fared maybe a little bit better than I. I've lived alone for a really long time. Uh, I, I'm. I'm I, I do all these adventures by myself. I'm like, I'm not one of those people who's just like, who's like, all right, I got to be around people. If anything, mm. it's the opposite. You know, mm. I'm, I'm pretty okay with being by myself. The whole social distancing thing was just like, it was kind of entertaining here. Everybody else complained about it. Cause I was just like, what? <laughs> this, is <laughs> this is my deal. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to, welcome to my world. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it was, at some point I realized I was, I was generating like no income. Uh, I was, I was kind of like just the weird vibes of people. Like it came in way at, at first, I don't know if you noticed this, but at first when you'd go out and about, there was almost like this 
and you start and you see people and people had masks that was a novelty but then you're like waving to people it was kind of there's almost like this weird solidarity people are out on walks and you're like hi and you're like okay cool i'm making contact uh all right this is neat we're all in this together and then it just like there was like this next wave though where where there was all this weird stuff with politics going on mm-hmm. and there was all this it, it like the whole whether or not it, you know, like the it all started getting politicized so it started kind of like all these camps started taking shape and uh started creating these weird factions and, and all of a sudden there's this level of kind of distrust like that solidarity had gone away and you kind of mm-hmm. didn't know like what team everyone was on and and then it was just everyone's own issues in their own heads i don't know and then making the mistake of you know reading too much news and kind of buying into like all the stuff that kind of starts rubbing off on you or it did with me at least and uh it kind of started messing with my brain in this weird way that that um I was resistant to and then I was kind of in denial about and then I realized I was like no this is real and I think it ha- might be a little bit more of a thing you know for more sensitive people mm. you know who are mm. who just pick up on you know vibes of yeah. you know the the environment or like collective sort of uh I don't know it was I definitely had a weird out moment and things finally started sinking in. I mean, things finally started coming. I, I feel like I came out the other end of something and, and a little stronger and a little wiser, like around Christmas time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why that, that was my time, hmm. but uh, somewhere around Christmas, I was like, okay, all right. And I, I think it was, it. no, but I, I think too, is like, I think I was like, like, you know, all that stuff with Trump and Biden. And then like January, I was like, man, I really, if we can, if we can, after every, after all the weirdness of last year, if I can end this year on like a strong note, like strong finish, let's go for yeah. the strong finish. Then it's just gonna, I felt like I was gonna be set up for this year, you know, a little bit more solid. So. I I really started making some concerted efforts too, just to get my shit together exactly. sometime around sometime around Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> and the the whole thing with the with, you know, and you guys, you know, when did you actually release that album? October. Ugh. Yeah, so it was just like, okay, that's out. <laughs> now what? That would have been this whole other level of just like, of just like, ugh, yeah. just like gritting of the teeth and just like trying to make sense of things and just like it's so cool that you get that because i think i really underestimated it you know like yeah i think i just didn't usually you put out a record and you go tour and you sort of you know talk to people and and feel the effects of maybe the music um you know reaches out to someone in some way and i definitely like touring and and that connection with fans or whatever but this time it was just this I mean, you feel a little bit empty when you when you put a record out anyway, right? But then oh, yeah. this is like on steroids. Like this is just existentialism times a million. <laughs> so that was a huge part of it. 
and it's it can't help but just to be overshadowed and like you can't complain about it because it's like hey man people got bigger problems yeah. right now <laughs> there's like another fish you know like there's a million artists struggling out there oh, so gosh. i totally get it yeah i think my my wife put up with a fair bit there for for, for a few Ooh. months but uh yeah <laughs> cool man well i'm glad we both came out the other end of it and we're we're somehow so, yeah so far know, so good yeah exactly well now, prior to this chat, you mentioned you were interested in non-musical pursuits of musicians to help keep them balanced, which kind of, you know, it relates to a little bit of what we were just talking about. Um, that's pretty much the whole point of this podcast, to be honest, to talk about yeah. to talk about other things aside from like touring and and plugins for Pro Tools and shit. Um, you don't want, don't want to talk about? Don't want to talk about I don't even know shit. Casper, <laughs> my partner, does okay. all that shit. I don't know shit about all that right. stuff. But you, you also told me, told me that you sometimes feel a little guilty that you don't listen to loads of music. Um, this one I totally relate to as well. Is it is it like you can't because you're living and breathing music 24-7? Or is it more like, oh, I went to that school and I learned what there is to learn? Uh, it goes through waves. I mean, it comes in waves too, you know. Sometimes yeah. I, I can't get enough. I'm just like, yeah. I get so excited and so stoked about music. Specific artists as well, like you'll go on this uh, trip. Well, I, I don't know. It, I mean, it's it's it depends. It's mm. like, and I think <clears throat> the fact that I don't try to force it is uh, means it's hard for me to explain right now, but it's also it also means that I think I've always had that personality is like we're, we're used to, as soon as somebody starts telling me this is what I'm supposed to do, it just like immediately makes me not want to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, if, so if I'm left to my own whims, just to like be into music or not be into music, then I'm just gonna, uh, then it's just gonna be a lot funner whenever I decide to hunker down and really start, you know, digging into something. Mm. <clears throat> but when I'm, when I'm working on stuff, uh, I think in the past, I, I get so obsessed with it, you know, not to mention there's, there's also, I spend so much time with on the technical side of things mm. um, as well as like the, the writing and the, you know, the, the creative compositional part as well. It's a, uh, it could just be a bit much. So I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I'm just like burnt. I don't want to, I don't want to listen to anything, but it's, mm. you've also, I think years ago, I kind of made this decision. It's almost like you stand at this crossroads and you're just like, it's like, all right, if you're gonna go this deep, if this is what we're doing, you know, there's gonna be some sacrifices. And that's kind of, that's sort of one of them. Like I've, I've had friends, I've had girlfriends, uh, I've had uh, who can just listen to music they don't know shit about like, they don't know what notes are. They don't know. They don't know what they don't know. They have, and I barely do, but, but they really don't. And they're, they're just enjoying it. They're, they just yeah. like, they're like, I don't know. It's got a cool beat. Mm. I, I, this makes me feel good. Like, it's like, uh, I made a decision a long time ago to, to, uh, in order to, to, uh, to build this stuff from the ground up and to know all the nuts and bolts and to like really know how to, uh, yeah, just to, just to create it and, and compose it, learn all the tools and all the, all the ins and outs. It's like, I'm gonna, 
there's a good chance I'm not going to be able to listen to it the same uh, as a, as normal people again. Mm, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, and it's weird, man. It's like I used I've had tricks over the years where I'll I'll have to I'll have to do um, when I'm working on mixes, uh, I'll have to role play. I'll have to pretend like I'm another person. Mm. I'll have to go into like different listening scenarios. I'll literally, I'll literally pretend like I'm another person and just and create a scenario in my head. Like I've just walked into a room and I turned on something. I'm like, hey, and just like pretend like I'm somebody else in order to listen, hear the music differently yeah. than Jason in front of the speakers, you know, uh, manning the knobs and and deciding if that needs to be wetter or if, or if that needs to be carved out or if like any number of like technical nonsense that goes along with uh producing and mixing and stuff that's such a cool method uh, that's an inspiring method just yeah, and that's last 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 ditch like when you've run out yeah, of, yeah, yeah. when you're running yeah, I'm out just of gonna ways crank to... the snare and do the opposite kind of thing. yeah it's yeah. so cool um because i mean like being a dad now i <laughs> there are things entering my world like Miley cyrus and F- like frozen i know every single word to every song in the film frozen uh, so now I could literally perform that as a musical. Um, but the funny part is I'm digging it all. Um, but the other thing I notice more now is when, when, when like a classic, something classic comes on in the car and then, you know, in the past I may have just brushed it off as like cheesy. I'll just sit and be kind of gobsmacked by how well put together and concise something like I'm your Venus is. Or and then I'll just be like, fuck, that was, that's, a, that's an amazing song. Like, holy shit. You know what? I was, I was just thinking about this the other day. And um, you know what I was comparing it to? Because I, I do a lot of cycling and I do, I do some, some running, like some trail running. <clears throat> yeah. But I will find myself on the same trails like – I, I'm not a big fan of re- repeating the same course or the same. I'm always trying to mix it up just to keep it funner. Mm. Um, but uh, if I find myself kind of going into this, it's just like, ah, oh, here we go again. I'll start focusing on something else. Like I'll just like, you know, like technique or like I'll, I'll start paying attention to my feet yeah. or maybe I'll start, I'll pay attention to my, the way I'm holding my shoulders. Mm. If I know I'm going to be doing the same route that I've done any number of times, I'll just, my head will go some, oh, pay attention to my breathing. And I was like, man, that's actually, I found myself doing that with like, you know, say you're, somebody picks you up, you know, at the airport and you're in the back of a car and yeah, like Freebird or like Clapton comes on and you're just like, really? I'm going to listen to this for like the <laughs> 730,000th time. But, and then you're just like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to listen to the bass. I'm just going to pay attention to the bass. So you just like, that whole listen, you just like listen to the bass or like or the hi hat. Yeah, yeah, listen yeah. to the hi hat pattern. Like for the, it's just like, it, if anything, that rep. There's something to be said for that repetition. It kind mm. of it forces you to kind of hone in on some other area, and, and you can turn it into like a good exercise. Hundred percent. Like I think that that I'm your Venus moment. I think it was the um, the pedal steel. Like I was like, holy shit! Like that dude is wailing. That's amazing. <laughs> like almost have to pull the car over, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's cool. I, I get amazed with, with radio songs. It's like any time when like something is like so fucking loud and like so highlighted and they still pulled it off. It's usually from like, the 60s. Ah, how did they yeah. do that? Well, yeah. I mean, you just touched a little bit on, on biking. So definitely 
discovered this through your social media accounts, like Instagram and stuff, but you're, you're clearly like an avid cyclist or, or mountain bike. Is it, are you a mountain biker? Is that what I would, what we would call you or? Um, I don't, I don't discriminate. Yeah. Um, I do mountain biking. Yeah. I have a, what they call a gravel bike, which is like, which is like a road bike with drop bars with like knobbier tires. Right. It's more like a Swiss army knife bike. And then I have a couple, uh, I have a few bikes and so I, I don't discriminate with terrain. Uh, the sure. probably the least amount of riding I do is like, uh, I, I will road bike, like road bike. It's like the super skinny, mm. um, for all the fussy guys that are, uh, dressed like, uh, you know, figure skaters out there. Uh, uh, uh but I, I mean, I have, I have a lot of the technical gear as well, but yeah, um, yeah. I think my most my most used bike is the is the the quote unquote gravel bike just because it's so you can go anywhere on it. But I have a long distance bike packing bike that it's like for more for um ultra distances where Jesus, you can load okay. it all up with bags and stuff and far out. So yeah. you do have a few. All right. So yeah. but is this is this something that you always do alone? Like do you have to be alone when you do it? Most of the alone stuff has been out of necessity over the years. Sure. Uh, I've had some, and I have a small group of friends. I, I love to do this stuff with other people. Mm. It's just, I, my, I mean, it's just kind of worked out that it's, uh, I kind of just like to pick up and go whenever I want to. My schedule allows me to kind of be a little bit more impulsive and, um, <clears throat> uh, more so than you know, friends with day jobs and stuff. I don't hang out with a lot of musicians. So, okay. Um, not, I don't go out of my way to not hang out with musicians, but. <laughs> but how did you get into it, biking and stuff? Like, was it the same time as you got into skateboarding? Because you were really into skateboarding, right? Uh, yeah, I was very, very involved with skateboarding um, uh, uh, for a better part of my life, actually. Yeah, yeah. And at some point, it got really, it got really, uh, I got really involved. I was like sponsored and skating contests and traveling around. And I had this pretty massive catastrophic knee injury actually. Shit. And that kind of, uh, oddly two things happened with that though. Oddly enough, it really, <clears throat> the rehab from the knee injury got me on the bike more often. Mm. I started actually when I was much younger, I used to race BMX too. My stepmom worked at a bike shop, so they had a team, and I kind of got in on that. And so I got a, I got the competition bug just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I just I love just being out and about, you know, a total little kid, suburbia, just you know, ride bikes, going off jumps and uh, playing in the dirt and <clears throat> all that stuff. And then, but uh, after the yeah, after the skateboarding injury thing, um, I that's pretty much when I shifted all of my i mean because i i i went big i was i was like no safety net you know i was like fuck school you know just like i'm ditching girlfriends ditching jobs everything my whole life was skateboarding everything was just like i was possessed all right but were you writing songs at this time as well or this is way before that no i i had always kind of dabbled in music just a little bit as a kid like uh, I had an ear for it, 
I love, I mean, listening to it more than anything else, like, like studiously mm. listening to it. Um, as a kid, we lived out in the country and I, I, uh, for a, pretty key part of my life and I was just I just remember I was just always listening to music with headphones on and just like sitting and drawing it's like because I there's no neighbors um it was just not a lot to do but you know play outside and then when I wasn't playing outside I was inside just kind of drawing and getting lost and listening to like a decent record collection that we had to my stepmom had worked at a uh a she was a dj at a radio station and in the, 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 the radio mom. station <laughs> bmx <laughs> bandits and fucking record stores i know not bad huh <laughs> that's pretty sick so the, the the radio station shut down and she inherited all these records so when i got a new stepmom i got this record collection that came uh with it as well so uh <clears throat> pretty cool so i got to discover music but it was you know i didn't really have you know any aspirations or whatever mm. but uh i was i think it was just because i was kind of learning about music but but also i was fascinated with like sounds and production and stuff mm. it was just like anything kind of otherworldly which which back then you could find a lot of that mixed in with pop music it was a uh, it just kind of blew my mind yeah. I, I probably probably planted some seeds that uh but just because everything was getting overshadowed by skateboarding. Um, but literally like after my injury, I kind of went through this, like this two, three month period where I was having um, like, uh, I was like, I was like detoxing off of it. I was having nightmares. I, like, I kind of didn't, because I put all those eggs in one basket and it became clear that it wasn't gonna work out everything that I'd been working mm. toward. Uh, I think I was just kind of scrambling and yeah, at some point I was just like, all right, I'm going to try this music thing. Like, uh, and it was always kind of there, but I think it was, I realized I was going to have a lot more time on my hands mm. and, and I, there was probably something subconscious saying, you know, don't bother going there unless you're really going to go there. But the fact that skateboarding was prohibiting me from doing that with anything else, uh, i.e. school, jobs, relationships, um, all of a sudden, I was just like, all right, I guess it's going to be music now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Far out, because it's funny, because when I scroll down my questions, I can see it. I always like to ask, what what would be your dream job if you weren't a songwriter? But I mean, I guess it would have been a pro skater. Yeah, I mean, but it, I would have had to have been realistic too. I, I I got to the point where I was skating in contests with like a lot of the guys that I looked up to, saw in magazines and stuff. That was cool. But I think, I think I got a little bit late of a start. If I would have kept hammering away at it, I probably would have been a. Uh, I probably would have got involved in the industry or something. Yeah. Because you know how like you spend so much time in one one line of work that you just end up falling into that you know, I, before that i would have you know i would have wanted to have been like a park ranger or a fireman or something but okay um, i think if i would have yes that but skateboarding probably would have taken up so much time 
I probably would have gotten into the industry somehow. I can see the park ranger thing with all the mountain biking and stuff. Yeah, no, no. It's, that's the only thing I ever remember. The only proper jobs I ever really remember wanting to have was either park ranger or firefighter. Yeah, yeah. I remember again when we, when we were in California with my wife and I and the dude like driving up in a Jeep and in, in all the car key and he was like, hey, hey man, yeah, there's a few rattles around. So and we were like, I was like, fucking sick, like rattlesnakes, you know. And Emily's just looking at me like, we're not going on this hike, dude. He's like, yeah, there might be some mountain lanes too. I was like, oh, how cool is this guy? Like, he just drove up out of nowhere. <laughs> He's like, you'll probably die out there, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty sick job. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's that that isn't shit compared to Australia. Like, you guys, yeah. Australia is known for like, you know, every time, you know, just like a list of like 10 things that'll kill you every single night camping out. Very true. Uh, we're definitely going to touch a bit on Oz uh, very soon, but I just right. just just quickly, um, just very quickly on mountain biking. I I went bu- mountain biking on t- on Tenerife, the the Canary Volcano Island, a couple of years ago. We were we were based out there a little bit. Uh, we did fifty kilometers down this volcano. I'm not experienced at all, you know. And some people took me up there, and yeah, you'll be fine. And I thought I was going to die a number of times, like, it, but it was one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. The, the thing that shook me was that they loved the climbing. Like, that's the painful shit, you know? Yeah. And I was like, what do you like about it? This dude's like, it's, it's the best way to completely, like, empty my mind. And I enjoy the pain because it's just focusing on climbing this fucking mountain. Like, yeah, I don't know. Is that Does that speak to what you get out of cycling in regards to also um, your mental well-being? Yeah. I, I mean, it's the two are so intertwined i've i i mean if i had a dollar for every every time i just like had a little breakthrough or figured out you know anything from life problems to like musical problems you know uh there's been i mean endless endless situations where you know i'm just like stuck in just hit some roadblock in a song. I'm just like, I know the answers here. I just like, I can't like, I can't crack the code, you know, but you've been working on the thing for so long. It's like spinning around your head, you know, all these different moving parts. And you're just like, I got, I got to get out of here. I got to get it. I got to get out of these walls. I have to get away from the screen. I got to get away from all the knobs. And then you get out, there's like something starts happening. Like all these doors that are like otherwise shut or locked or, or stuff that's unavailable or just kind of like clamped up, you know, I've been, I just, all it takes is like a long run or just like getting out there and just like, kind of like hammering away, climbing, sweating, just like going, I call it dog brain where you just like, you're just like going, you're not thinking about anything. You're, you're not assessing anything. There's like zero intellect happening. There's just like all, you're just like going and going. You're like complete auto, it's just dog. like nothing happening. <laughs> Auto dog. And, and in a way, it's like what a lot of people attempt to achieve with meditation. It's just like yep. the emptying out of the brain. But something else is happening. You're you're emptying the brain out, but you're we're in meditation. The whole idea is to kind of keep it empty and just and focus on breathing. Where mm. this is more like empty the brain out and like invite, you know, or like those little problems that got stuck. That are cut, that just needed to get unwedged. It's like it allows them to kind of uh, just sort of loosen up a bit. And uh, I've 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 figured out so much shit. That is so um, sick. 
musical musical problems and just like you know life issues like and it's sometimes it's just it might just be something about like jarring it loose too maybe you're out there just like moving around and shit has to just to be like Dislodged. just has to get jarred loose yeah yeah so yeah. inspiring man it's so cool to hear because i this isn't in any way that cool but like i shoot hoops a lot and it's just i don't know it's just that just that motion like because i've always dug sport and played a lot of sport as a kid but yeah, I, I, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in the, in the mind body, mind body connection. And I think, I think, uh, it's becoming more and more apparent to me. I mean, I've always, I've always placed a high, aside from partying my face off and just like completely like going insane, uh, over like, I growing up, like, a crazy skateboarder in a hick town, punk rock, and then joining a band and with all your friends. And we just would kill it. Like we were just, yeah. I was, I have like spent way more time in my life just out of control, just like killing it. Like <laughs> just endurance levels, unimaginable endurance levels, stamina, you name Stop it. it First man, one. I'm getting pumped up here. Like now I want to go have a big <laughs> night. <laughs> but I also, it's like, I, I mean, luckily, the, probably the reason I'm even able to sit here and tell these stories is because it was, you know, I have this other part of me that's like I, I place this high importance on being healthy. And for all of those knockdown drag outs, you know, I was also I've, I've kept a pretty decent diet, you know, I've, um, and like the more you go out and do stuff outdoors, like the, the you know, the, the better your performance is going to be you know, the better if, if you're not in terrible shape or if your lungs aren't completely blackened by whatever. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I think if I didn't, if I didn't, if I wasn't in, in love with the idea of getting outside and, and being active and stuff, just the inspiration to do that kept me not going over the edge, you know, with the party and stuff. Mm. I always kind of had to, uh, you know, and, and sometimes it can be as simple as having something to look forward to the next day. And you're just like, well, you know, I could, I could stay up for another three hours and I could just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this could, this could, we could really take this off the rails. Um, <laughs> or I could get or, up at seven and make a smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's uh, over the years, you start tallying that stuff up and totally, I don't know. I think I've, I've, I've been lucky. And, uh, and now I, I really look forward to it. Now I'm kind of getting into the idea where it's like, I can go a little bit further and a little bit far, farther and further and longer if I, you know, the, the better shape I'm in mm. or like the better I take care of myself. So, so for, cool, for me, man. that's, I get the most excitement these days out of doing stuff like that. It's just like, it fires me up. I'm actually... Yeah, I have like some events that I'm putting on the calendar this year for stuff to kind of keep me, keep my, keep my, some long distance biking things. So cool, man. So cool. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely noticeable, like I say, just on Instagram and stuff that you're in extremely enthusiastic about this stuff. So yeah. And it's, I've, and I don't even, I don't even like see it as like, you know, there's a bunch of crazies that do that stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, it's it's not even like a bunch of like fussy technical. There is definitely that camp, mm. but I I'm kind of a, I'm usually fascinated. It attracts a lot of the sort of like 
quiet, extreme, sort of like lone wolf types. Sure. Just, yeah. You know, yeah, borderline, uh, you know, unibomber types who are just like, <laughs> who have Dead found a positive way to channel that. <laughs> With his dirt bike. Shit. Yeah. So cool. Well, um, thanks for giving us that insight on all that stuff. Yeah. But one of the other main themes of this of this podcast is movies and like, I like to talk to artists about their favorite movies just because I really dig movies. Um, and just by chance, recently you've been a bit, uh, you've been on like a bit of an Australian gritty crime film trip, which is kind of perfect for obvious reasons. Um, before we get into the movies real quick, like you, you sent me a recorded live set you did a few years back for an Aussie tour that you did. Um, and between songs, it's you chatting with your like tour manager or mate, um, in o- only in, right, only in Aussie slang, which you'd like researched, and it's a total pisser. Like it's really good, so bad. It's gold though, um, and it's just you just being like, just yeah, just sitting here uh, with a bit of plonk, you drongos, and it's pretty great. Um, what do you, what do, you, what do you, do you have any like little anecdotes of or fun memories of, of touring down there? Like, did you, did Grand, I guess Granddaddy went down there a bit. Uh, yeah, I somehow I'd, I had amassed like this small, um, little, uh, uh, network of friends slash fans mm. down there. I was like, yeah. oh, anytime you want to come down. And uh, I just, I was in between things. I was living in Montana at the time. Granddaddy was, uh, was, was doing nothing. You know, I would, I had actually, I just, gotten to I'd had two solo records made by then and I was I didn't really feel any pr- pressure to tour around any of that stuff and um my f- good friend of mine who used to tour with granddaddy a lot doing merch he uh he he had a lot of friends in Australia and he's like yeah oh, we should just go we should just go you know uh but it was the funny thing he was like he's like yeah I've been down there a bunch you know it's just like we'll rent a van we'll camp you know I'll drive and then we'll go to these shows. We'll just like hang out and travel. So, uh, so long story. I'm, I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I contacted a bunch of friends that I had in Australia and we kind of pieced together this route, <clears throat> tons of driving, I get there. And I find out that like, like he'd never driven before. He'd never driven in Australia and I'd never driven a vehicle on the other side of the road before. <laughs> And uh, if, for me, the, the appeal was, you know, I could play the shows and I could kick back and relax. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, but not only that, I, I, I didn't think it all the way through because he's actually a super shitty driver um, <laughs> over here and over here in America. And uh, I was just like, I'm not, he's shitty driver in America driving on the other side of it. That's, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> like my, my, uh, my need to control the situation took over and um <clears throat> So we rented we rented a van and um, it was basically just a camping trip, and uh, I can't even remember you know we like the main you know Brisbane. Okay, uh, you didn't play Sydney. in like any back end towns or weird. No, towns. but we didn't play in any places like that. But we stopped and camped in a lot of places. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a sure. I, I wouldn't even know where to start talking to promoters and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, respect. Now I just have to ask: did you did you make it to Wake in Fright last night? Or I did, 
it's I'm still I'm still messed up by it. Dope, dope. Um, I watched it last night too, so that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, you you started me on this because you you were saying you were on this like trip, and then I was like, you know what? There's this film from 1971 that everyone keeps telling me to watch, which is you know super influential Aussie movie called Wake in Fright, and I was like, I just sent it to you. I was like, have you seen this? And then it just worked out perfect that. Okay, M-, M and I, my wife and I are going to watch it. You're going to watch it and then we'll talk some shit about it. So I like to give uh, our, our listeners um, a little bit of a quick just rundown, a little set it up for them, okay? So <laughs> bizarrely enough, the, 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 the director is Canadian and it's the same guy who directed Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> uh, so let me give you the just the actual pitch, which is pretty fucking gold in itself. After a bad gambling bet, a schoolteacher is marooned in a town full of crazy drunk violent men who threaten to make him just as crazy drunk and violent as them. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, this is like, you know, this is sort of what we do well, I think. We do like mullets and murder. I don't know what the fuck it is. I guess it's a reflection of a really disturbing reflection of what Australia is built on. <laughs> Tell me about your experience with it, man, because there's some pretty disturbing shit going on in it. I don't know which which, which part I should tell first, but I, there there is a there's something on you like you know the little sidebar on YouTube because I found it on YouTube. I, I couldn't oh, cool. even find it. Yeah, I know there. It's it 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 is free, and and uh, you know really high quality version too available on our YouTube. Yeah, yeah, good work. And but uh, so right next to it on the sidebar. There's a guy telling the story about, there's a pretty interesting backstory. Apparently the movie was released in Australia and everyone hated it. Yeah. Like, like it, it nobody bombed. came to it. Yeah, yeah. It bombed big time. Basically the summation of the story is just like, he's like, I've never experienced, he's like, it took 40 years for people to like get this movie yeah. or, or to appreciate it, I should say, um, or have it recognized. Um, but, uh, uh, I guess he made it. It was a flop. And one of their last, it finally got to the United States and they released it in New York. It was like a Sunday night. Mm. It was, a, there was a blizzard and like nobody came. That, that was like the last hope for it. Um, and then it just, I was just like, all right, that's it. It disappeared. Yeah. And like a number of years went by and all of a sudden they're just like like somehow like Australians came around they're, they're, they're like you know this might be like an important sort of archival mm. a piece you know this there we might need we might want to have this it's like they started seeing it kind of differently as like some sort of important archival thing to to uh to acquire mm. but nobody could find it like nobody could mm. uh locate the actual like film the prints and i guess it took 15 years for it finally to be located in a warehouse in in pittsburgh holy shit and with like this big sticker on it it said to be destroyed <laughs> like and and it turns out that it was actually it was scheduled to be destroyed like within like a week or something so they so they fired it up put it in and i guess it was like super damaged so this whole other round this this one guy i don't even remember who the guy was 
but uh, he kind of took it upon himself to restore it, uh, do the digital transfers. And apparently it took years. Like he went frame by frame and restored this film uh, to, you know, even better uh, state. And um, so there's all these people who are, who, who had a lot of belief yeah. in this film and it almost disappeared. So, so it's like this, the backstory that accompanies the film is like really, really cool. It made me appreciate it even more. Yeah. It's so um, cool. But, but it was, but the film itself, my relationship with it was, it was insane. It was like, <laughs> it, it was actually really uncomfortable because it reminded yeah. me of like a lot of situations I've been in before. And <laughs> <laughs> just reminded of you of your hometown or some shit. And just, you know, getting kind of caught in these sort of like alcoholic sort of like uh, uh, vortexes where you're just like hanging out with the wrong people and just like goes on for too long. And then you end up like missing buses and missing planes and and just like, you know, missing work. And and you're just like every time he would like wake up like sweaty and hung over and like dirty i'd be like oh god i could barely even look at it (laughs) (laughs) and it was always like they're just like drinking the whole time it's like oh man do you want to be yeah just look the whole time be with me that controversial kangaroo scene is like is is almost impossible to watch and it goes on for ages i know i was i was i was very much like you know doing the like covering my eyes kind of thing during that scene um, yeah. but it's funny you were saying about the big nights like there's that scene where it's really escalating where they're just kind of play fighting and they're just hammered and firing guns and like they're basically just trashing this dude's house and then the guy <laughs> the owner comes out and he's like you fucking mad bastards or whatever and then he just the guy doc or whatever just goes hey man we're just having a party mate relax there's <laughs> <laughs> like dudes like you know fucking knocked out and it's just they're destroying that, his home. The, actually, yeah. No, that that yeah, that scene in particular, I was just like, yeah, like any other movie, the guy would come out and just like and start blowing people away. Yeah, it's just yeah. like ah, that's just what they do. They just come here and like just completely destroy your Trash house, like joint. from top yeah. to bottom. It's like <laughs> you could you could it, it was sort of easy to see how um like these kind of cult films like have influenced directors like Tarantino. Like I, I was because he's talked a lot about how he loves the wild and reckless Aussie films of the seventies. And this feels like the quinted, you know, the quintessential kind of, I think it's actually, it was actually titled Outback in, in America, but our version was Waking Fright. Um, Yeah. The, the, the Ed, the the director guy said that. Yeah. yeah, The Ted, he was just like, he's like, yeah, I got this piece of advice from somebody. So the, the one, like two things with films, like he's like he's like fight for everything, but there's two things you gotta be ready to give up on. He's like one is the ending, the other one is the title. It's like that's the 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 uh, the the um you know the uh, the movie company is gonna try sure, to, sure. they're gonna try to Studio. mess with the ending, they're gonna try to mess with the title, and they did that with this one. They're like, Far oh, out. I don't know about um Fright Night or what, what, what Waking Fright, yeah. Yeah, we're we're Let's gonna go call Outback. Out, we're gonna call it Outback. <laughs> yeah. He's like Outback. <laughs> All right. No, it was it was uh, it reminded me a lot of like. Have you ever re- read any stories about uh, Peck and Paw? Well, I've seen Peck and Paw's movies. That was his deal. He was he was fucking insane. He had to have liked that movie. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Just because I mean, it's so over the. It's like it it, it keeps put the, it 
it pushes, it goes like, you're like, all right, scene's done. It's like, nope. And it's yeah. just, <laughs> and they're just like, nope, they're, they're going to drink more and they're going to fight more. Exactly. And, it, and yeah. they're just going to yell more and more shit's going to get knocked over. <laughs> and it's just going to like, <laughs> It's sort of deliverance. Um, it's like a mashup of deliverance and crocodile Dundee, and it's just like, you know. I I, I love. I was actually even last week. I was just like literally on Amazon, just like, you know, Australian westerns. It's like I I, I like seeing all the terrain. I like I like that blown out light and just like mm. the just you know the dust. I, I like the. Uh, I don't know. And I think it might be have something to do too with them. Um, there's just so much slang, but it's all still in English. So yeah. I'm, I'm catching most of it, but I'm like confused slash intrigued <laughs> by the part that I'm not catching. <laughs> totally. um, there's enough familiarity and there's enough and it's, and it's just like twisted and different enough to where it's just like, I'm like, I'm enwrapped. Like, I'm just mm. like, uh, I love all that, you know, remember the, uh, the, did you see the, you know, Red Dog? There's like a couple yeah, versions of it. I actually haven't Red seen Dog that one. Red Dog 1 and 2. All right. Yeah. So right. You have gone down the rabbit hole, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sick. I, I mean, I, I, I go through, I go through phases of that with, with Westerns too, like Westerns, American Westerns. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, just Westerns in general. But it's like, there's actually some cool Australian Westerns or there's just like, yeah. There's a couple, kind of yeah, period. the proposition. Yeah, yes, mm. the proposition. And then, like I told you, I saw the rover or a rover. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah. yeah. yeah which is just cool. like kind of, matter of fact, I was I was uh, reading a little bit more about um, the movie we watched last night. Mm. What was it called again? Uh, Waking Fright or Outback, yeah. yeah. See, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> like Outback is like way easier to remember. It is. Um, Wake and Fright uh, it's a town called Broken Hill is yep. where they filmed it and I guess they did Mad Max out there as well yeah and it's just like that and there's I, I live not too far from stuff like that out here if I drive a couple hours northeast you start getting into like old mining areas and the, mm. same same era you know the 1800s you know there's yeah. all this like crazy mining uh history that exists out here and sure. there's nothing out there now it's just like yeah. towns that just sort of like dried up and blew away a lot mm. of that exists out here um I, I love that stuff you know i'm riding my bike and like camping and uh truck camping and, and bike riding out and stuff like that so it's i think it's just it's probably just an indication that i just need to get out of town uh uh whenever i start craving those movies and movies are, you know, such great sort of escapism, right? Like, but it's funny you were saying that about the burnt out. Like, that takes me back to the Salton Sea again. There was this Bombay or something. It was like, fuck. Like, it was just this forgotten, you know. It was like one girl on a swing kind of thing. And it was like, oh, we got to get out of here. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. But, um, hey, Jason, just just before we wrap it up, um, have you ever considered writing a screenplay? Or... <laughs> Or, or, or a book or a novel i i'm amazed by people i i mean for writing songs is just torture enough yeah it's it blows my mind when the, the the you know the just the imagining i'm always using that as an example like people who write novels and just like the torture just must be i've just like <laughs> 
I've, so I've been using this analogy lately uh, as far as writing songs, as far as working on songs, producing, like let's say from the ground up, you know, recording everything, you know, engineering it, producing it, writing the lyrics, and like having this big vision of the song. <clears throat> and it's just like, I dread it. And it's the worst thing ever, but it's like, it's only because it's like such torture. <laughs> yeah. But obviously if, if it works out or if, if you think you end up with something that you can be proud of at the end, that's a pretty magical feeling. But it was, but the thing is, once you set upon the path of working on it, this is where the metaphor thing, it's like, I compare it to being like a, uh, like a crime detective, like maybe say specifically a homicide detective, where it's like, once, once you've taken on the case, you know, you don't, you don't clock out when you go home each night, you know, you (laughs) don't like, it never ends. Like, and it's, and it's like one clue leading to the next clue leading, but no matter what, it's like, you are bought and paid for until this thing is solved until you have solved this ultimate problem, which is like, and, and just, and you can sign off on it, you know, and it's the thing and for all those people that have to live with you, that you had to cohabitate with, you know, those, those, those thousand yard stairs and just like all this information coming at you. And you're just like staring blankly and you're not really ever quite there. Yeah. And just like, and then you think that you can give yourself a break by maybe going to the grocery store, but then you find yourself just like staring at ketchup, just like in a daze, just like staring and like not able to move. If you even get out of your car, if you even get the nerve to go out of your car, the parking lot into the store, (laughs) then you're overwhelmed by all the details of like all the things on the, on the, on the shelves. And it's like, I just, I feel like I'm losing my capacity to to live in that world as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because in order for to get really exceptional results, you have to go there. Yeah. Um, but uh, and that's that's just writing. I mean, that that's just writing a song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you have to have, you know, eight to 12 of those to make an album. So when I start thinking about like how just how hard that is, I, then I start thinking about people who write novels and just like the idea of just being like, shh, shut up in a room for years, years. Yeah, yeah, years. Yeah. God, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> One of the things I hate about myself is that like I can be, sna- like, because when you throw kids into that, it's like, you know, oh God, I, I would be doing, like you say, the, the thousand yard stare. And then it's like, I heard some, a musician describe it this way. It's like you're yanked out of a, some sort of, you're in Tron and then you're yanked out of that universe back into, and that's where I'm like, what, what, what just, oh, hang on a second. Oh man, I had an inspired or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Some bullshit inspired moment that I was in, but my kid is like, you know, needing help with being alive. And so is my wife. (laughs) And that's where it's like, oh, this is not. I don't want to do this to you. I just need to leave my work at the studio kind of thing. It's wild. It's a tough transition, like yeah. transitioning from that world, like going back and forth, toggling between the two worlds is mm. like, I, I, I led myself to believe that, that you could, 
practice and get better at it, yeah. but I've, I've, I've never gotten any better. It's just, it's always a tough transition. Hey man, I'm going to let you go. Thanks so much for coming on. Keep streaming buddy. Yeah. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. It was nice to, nice to finally meet. Good luck with the, um, with the, with the film coming out next month and thank you. Yeah. Let's keep in touch. Appreciate it. All right. Sounds good. Thanks Jason. All right. Take care.